Hey guys, welcome to You Got This, The Journey. I'm your host, Shannon Andrus. I'm on a journey right now to become the absolute best version of me. I want to find ways that I can improve mentally, physically, and spiritually. So every week, I'm going to open up about my journey and talk about tips and tricks of what's working for me and what's not working for me. I'll also be interviewing guests who will share their stories too. Together, we will inspire one another to become the absolute best versions of ourselves. So join me every week on this journey. And remember, you got this. Okay. Hi, journeyers. <laughs> I wanted to do like a fun intro to kind of get us into today's topic to set the mood, you know, set the tone of what we're going to be talking about today, because I'm always trying to find new ways to come on instead of just saying, hello, my journeyers, you know, so I thought I thought that was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it, too, because today's topic is all about social media, the good the bad, the ugly, and the stupid, annoying cancel culture. I'm so sick of this. And today's episode is going to be spicy. (laughs) It is. I really honestly, okay, I don't want to keep doing solo episodes where I'm drinking because I think you guys are going to be concerned about my well-being. But I literally was like, maybe I should drink because I'd be more like loosened up and not afraid to have this conversation. It's not that like I'm afraid to come on here and talk with you all about social media, but I just know that I will probably contradict myself the entire time I'm going through today's podcast episode because I feel like I really am trying to have a very open mind on everything. Like there's so many people I've spoken to where it's like, it's not black and white anymore. You know, it's not good or bad. It's okay to find some things that we see as good things, right? As positives and then see some things that are negatives and still feel, you know, just open to the experience. I don't know. So like, I feel like I don't really have a hard definitive answer and I'll probably be wishy-washy on a lot of the opinions I make. So yeah, I'm feeling a little tense. And honestly, social media is just a It's almost like a sensitive, hot topic. Like it's something that everybody's talking about and everybody's using all the time. But the way that we use it, how we show up, the way that people devote the amount of time that they do, it is a pretty touchy subject. And for a lot of people, it also triggers anxiety. So there's just so much that we have to go through in today's episode. I hope that it's going to be helpful. I really tried to find a lot of different things I could give you guys to be value and not just me bitching and complaining about the cancel culture that's occurring. So yeah, let's just get into it, you guys. And honestly, social media is a topic that I could do probably like 10 solo episodes on its own on different points of social media. So today I'm going to get through just like social media, our mental health and how it contributes to stress and anxiety. But if you guys have any other questions, like if today sparks a new conversation, I need you to get over to Instagram, get on social media. (laughs) And I need you to go to my Instagram page at you got this underscore the journey. And I need you to send me what other topics you want to talk about with anything. It doesn't even have to be social media, but if it's social media, let me know. Do you have questions? Do you want me to focus on a certain app, a certain piece of today's conversation? Like I could dive into this shit over and over and over again, because even in like 
thinking of today's episode, I was like, wow, there's so many different places we can go with a conversation on social media. And even all of the points I'm talking about today have nothing to do with anything I talked about with Brittany Crossan in her social media episode. So mind blown. We can talk about this forever. So you guys don't be shy to send me those questions and let me know what else you want me to research and talk to you about because I really find it fun like learning all the things I want to talk about to come on here with you guys. Like I do a shit ton of research online to find everything that I need to. So with that being said, let's just get right into it. But first, of course, some journey updates. Let you guys know what the heck is going on. All right. Biggest thing that has been a struggle this week, honestly, is this whole nutrition getting back on track thing. And I don't know what it is for me. I don't know if you guys struggle with this too. And I just want to be completely transparent. It is so difficult for me to get on track and be quote unquote strict with my diet because first of all, I never want to have that relationship with food where there's restriction because I truly believe that when you get so strict and so harsh with yourself on like what you're eating, it's punishments and things like that. I truly believe that's where negative relationships form with food. And so I want it to be like a healthy balance where I feel good, like with how I'm eating and I feel okay when like, maybe I have those times where it's not as healthy of meals. But this week, I just really was struggling to do that. Like breakfast and lunch, I kill it with the healthy meals. Like those are two meals where I'm always always healthy. And I'm not being like so bad and going overboard. But then after the work day, I, I, I am most days very good with my dinners and the, my healthy desserts. But there's some times where I just like spiral a bit. But honestly, the hardest part for me is the drinking. And it's not that I'm like getting like drunk every single night. I don't think it's like you know, at a bad place, but I'll have like a glass of wine. But that glass of wine is is not helping me whatsoever. But I just like, I like to just sit back, relax, hang out with Kyle, be outside, and especially with the warm weather. I mean, that just makes me want to have a drink and chill, you know, but it is hard. And I, I feel like I'm not being as consistent as I wanted to be when I first said, I'm going to be sweating for the wedding. I'm so excited to like get in the zone and get on track. And I'm still still keeping that goal. I'm not saying it's going away. I'm just saying that my first week of doing this was really hard. You know, I really did most of the time have good meals and most of the time have some good snacks, but there were some times I really, really fell off. Um, but, but we're getting there, but something, (laughs) something I'm doing that I am totally seeing myself being better with how I, I am having my meals is I started to like slow down, take some breaths and drink more water. This is going to sound so pathetic, but I am literally known in my family as fat Shani, not because I'm fat, but just because of the way that I eat. Like you can count on me to clear my plate, get up for seconds and clear that plate too. And when I'm eating, it's it's actually hysterical, but it is like not, I'm not like a cute girl eating my food. And it's just like, oh, it's so good. I was like, <laughs> I am like a pig, like gobbling down my food. So I have to like slow down and stop. And I started doing that this week. I literally was like, okay, I had to, this is so pathetic. I feel like my relationship with food sometimes, but food is my love language. If anybody knows me, I host, I want to cook for you. I want to bring people food. I love hearing people love my food. Like it is just something and cooking is my therapy. Like I truly enjoy it. But anyway, this week I was like, okay, slow down, take some drinks of water and just, just relax. (laughs) 
and take some deep breaths. And honestly, I really am happy I did that because it takes a while for your brain to connect to your gut and to know, whoa, like we're full. And so it was happening before I was like overindulging. And then all of a sudden I'd be like in pain, like literally my stomach being like pushed out as far as it could because I just was stuffing my face so fast. So I've slowed it down and I'm not in pain now after I eat and I'm finding that I'm not eating as much because I don't need that much to satisfy my hunger. So that's something we are are making progress there. And of course, exercise has definitely been a huge role. You guys know that this is something that like I do every day, regardless, this wasn't changing because I got proposed to, but I have kept up with it. And I started running a bit more throughout the week, making Thursdays my um, longer run day, but not like my challenging run day. And then on Tuesdays, trying to get a mile in and then on the weekends, really pushing myself. And hey, it's working out. I'm not into the training that I'm going to do for the half marathon yet. My friend is going to set that up for us. I, I think she said we're going to start that in June. I forget. But that's when I'll actually every day have certain runs or certain things to do to help prepare me for that half marathon. So that's where I'm at with that, you guys. I think, you know, I really want to just call that out on today's episode because I think sometimes we all have goals and we see other people who like can immediately dive into that discipline and be able to, you know, really limit themselves on, on what they were doing before and like get into this healthy lifestyle. But for some of us, it's hard. And for me, even as a group fitness trainer and somebody who is so passionate about living a healthier lifestyle, it's freaking hard sometimes. So I'm not maybe being the best with it, but I'm seeing places where I am doing well and places where I'm like, I got to, uh, <laughs> I got to get my shit together. Anyway, so that's what was going on. Um, some fun wedding stuff to talk about. I did book a first venue tour for the end of the month. That's pretty much all I've done because I really don't enjoy wedding planning. <laughs> I really don't like, I think whatever venue I pick, I'm going to ask them if I could see previous weddings they've done and just say, can you guys just like replicate that and let me know what I should bring. <laughs> like, do you guys, do you need me to bring a dip or a dessert? Just, just let me know. No, but I really like, I don't enjoy it. I, I, I just don't have good taste. I am not somebody who's very detailed with that stuff. And I would rather somebody just do it all for me. I'm a bit lazy with that. And also just like the idea of just like, I don't know. I just wish I like just knew. It just is like kind of hard for me. But my sister got me this bridal box, which if you guys aren't following me on TikTok, again, again, get on social media. <laughs> you guys need to follow me there because I did a couple of like really fun videos this week. And one of them was I was unboxing this bridal box that my sister gave me. And it's so cool. If anybody on here, you have a friend that just got engaged or keep this in mind for the future when your friends get engaged, get them this bridal box. I'm obsessed with it. You literally get a box to unbox. <laughs> oh my God, I need to get my my life together. You get a box to unbox every other month leading up to your wedding or like a year. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a lot of boxes. But anyway, you open it. It's all different themes of things that you're going to get. So like this first box I got was like, it was a shirt that said hashtag engaged. I got a coffee mug that said she said yes. I got a ring cleaner, which I definitely need. I'm going to put that on before I go out tonight. Ooh, ooh. And then also I had like a wedding planner book. It gave me note cards and flashcards on different things to keep in mind. Ask yourself like things to keep in mind when you're going wedding dress shopping, things to keep Keep in mind when you're looking at venues, responsibilities a maid of honor has for you. And it's so helpful because for somebody 
hello, me, who freaking is not very good with all this Pinteresty wedding shit that everybody does. This has been so helpful. And I'm getting excited to see the other boxes and like, just like, I don't know. It's fun to have that present. Like I used to love that with like, um, I'd see people post like FabFitFun boxes or like when I used to get Stitch Fix and stuff, like it's just fun to get that like, ooh, we don't know what's in it. Exciting, you know? And I also posted on TikTok a vlog, which I literally will never do one again. (laughs) Unless you guys say that you like it, then I'm like, all right, maybe I'll do it again. But it was freaking exhausting. And I guess I could talk about that more as we get into today's conversation. But it's like you videotape small snippets of like a day in your life and you show everybody what a day in your life looks like. So I decided to do it on Wednesdays because that's typically my craziest day. Like Wednesday, I got up at 4.30 for the gym went all the way through till a 5.30 interview at my podcast and then showed it's like time to unwind. And it honestly was like not fun. Like some people just have their phones recording them all the time, I guess. But I just didn't really like it. I wanted to try it and see what it was like. But I think I think people found, found it fun to see what my day is like, you know. So anyway, check me out over there. But yeah, you guys, this week... Um, I I can't really think of anything else, honestly. And I don't want to bore you with just talking about my life. And I kind of just want to get into today's, you know, episode. But yeah, that's that's what has been happening with me. And as always, if you guys have questions on anything with my life, or if you're like, we hear enough about it in the journey updates, that's fine. No, but if you if you do want to know more things, there are questions that you have, like if you have any, you can send them to me regardless of what I'm posting about this week's episode topic, like any personal questions you can always send for me to answer on the podcast. Okay. All right, cool. So let's dive into today's podcast episode, social media. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, I, I don't even know, honestly, like where to begin. There's just so many places to go with this. And I have so much I want to say and so much I'm like, like nervous about getting into just because like I don't really know for some of these like how I feel in some ways too you uh, you know like there's so many different parts of social media that we're going to talk about and I'm like I don't know like I said I'm probably gonna be wishy-washy on all of it but whatever we'll just dive into it so look overall with technology I do want to put out the trigger warning that for some people this this does cause anxiety you know and it's okay if technology causes anxiety for you. I think with people, it feels like for those of those of you who it's causing anxiety, it feels like it's taking away pieces of us. It's putting power and ownership into this like scary, brilliant thing, you know, and it also makes us feel like life is moving too fast in a direction that we may not feel like we're ready for. And I really do see this happen a lot with people. Like I'm a tech consultant during my nine to five job. And I teach people about our technology platform, which as a millennial, I see so many benefits of using this system. I see how it can totally help take time off of your hands for your business, which would free up time for you to do other things. Even though I have this conversation with my clients all the time, a concern that they often have is that it's taking them away from their work. They like being hands-on with their clients. They like being in person face-to-face. They don't want to just push things to a button, lose those relationships, and lose that ownership of people knowing, hey, it's me here, you know? 
So I want you to know it's okay if you're feeling a bit of that anxiety because technology, even as somebody who is a tech consultant and I'm on social media all the time and technology is a huge part of both my personal business and my nine to five business, it does give me anxiety too. It it scares me that things aren't just as simple as they once were, I guess I should say, because social media is just like like really like just launching us into the future, you know, and so many things are happening and we're being thrown so much information at a time. And sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, can we just get back to the basics? Like, I think that's why so many times what calms my anxiety are things with nature, like sitting by a fire, going for a walk, going for a hike, fishing, I mean, just chilling by the pool with my family, like just things where it's no screen really help to relieve my anxiety. So if you're somebody out there who feels that way, I get it. And I hope after today's episode, I can help normalize some of the anxieties and and why you have them. I'm going to try and validate it through the research I found, but also help you to find a way that it's going to be a healthy way to be taking in social media on a day-to-day, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, whatever. So These concerns have been around for all time. I think we're in a world where social media is huge. It's still fairly new and people feel like a lot of the concerns, the way it's impacting our mental health, it's uh, the worst it's ever been now and it's only happening now. But it's not only happening now. I think through every phase in life of where new technology has been introduced, different concerns benefits, conspiracies all have occurred when unveiling the new technology we head into. So like, you know, when I was looking into this, a lot of people were comparing this to when the telephone first came out. And there was such a fear that people had of this social displacement that was going to occur. And what social displacement means is it's a way that something is stripping away that face-to-face. So social displacement is the telephone, it's email, it's Freaking social media, it's everything. It's taking away that social interaction that we love to have, you know? And this was a huge concern that people had when it came to having the telephone, to not forcing yourself to see your family in person to catch up, you know, just hopping on the phone and hearing each other through this device, but not actually seeing each other face to face. So this has been around for all different types of leveling ups we're going through in technology, right? And obviously now it's like, I think a lot of us couldn't imagine not having a telephone, you know, like if I call my sister who's in Florida, you know, if we didn't have the telephone, what we're going to be writing letters and waiting till we see each other to hear each other's voices. Like I see it as such a benefit. But again, it was something that people are really afraid of. So, you know, I think the concerns are definitely valid, but let's talk a bit about like how much we're taking in social media, because I think that plays into this too, is it's a big part of our life. So when people think, oh my gosh, social media, like just get off of it. It's like not that big of a deal, or this is dramatic that people are upset with it or feeling anxious. Well, actually it's not because a majority of our life, not majority, but a big part of our life is going to be spent by a screen because look, you're on your computer all the time. And then when you want to go relax and like catch up with the world, right? Catch up with your friends, your family and see what's going on. Or even with celebrities, because, because of social media, we can do that. Now you hop on your phone. So I was looking at this article from the BBC who was doing a study on social media and the way that our generation right now is absorbing in. It said that 3 billion people around 40% of the world's population use online social media and we're spending an average of two hours a day every single day. This goes from sharing, liking, commenting, 
just scrolling, whatever it may be on the platforms, right? And this breaks down to about half a million tweets and Snapchat photos that are shared every single minute of the day. And what those hours are doing is they're causing anxiety, it's disrupting our mental health, and it also is disrupting our sleep. So I'm gonna get into the anxiety and fears that we have you know, with social media and how it's disrupting that. But sleep was something that was super interesting that was in this article specifically. And they said that artificial lighting has proven to reduce the body's natural way of producing melatonin. So I think we've all heard not to go on your phone before bed and how watching TV is a bad habit because that artificial lighting, that blue light that everybody hears of is making us wake up. It's triggering something in our brain to keep us awake, right? But actually, it's all the consumption throughout the day. That artificial lighting is just continuing to reduce the body's natural way of producing the melatonin that we naturally should be having. So it really is affecting your sleep, and that might be contributing also to the anxiety unknowingly that could be occurring and the stress. There's just so many levels to this. And I feel like I'm getting very passionate about it because I feel like it's something that that contributes to our life so much and not that many people realize it, you know? So it's a big part of our life, right? I mean, and I want you to sit here right now and think of how is it in your life right now? Because for me, social media is pretty much all business, pretty much all business for me. Instagram, I only use for podcast updates, reels, and posting on my business platform. I'm really not using it that much to engage with friends, family, or other things. I mean, I definitely do from time to time, but it's not really what I'm going on there for. TikTok, again, I'm using that to show up and grow my platform, but that one is a bit more of that like free scrolling for me. But, you know, that one's a bit more laid back. And then Snapchat is just only friends and Facebook is pretty much all family. So think about right now how you're using social media in your life. Are you somebody who is on it every day to connect with people? Is it something where you're going a business? Are you using it to get informed about the news and what's happening in the world? Like, how is social media currently showing up in your life? Okay. Now do this with me. I was so scared to do this before today's episode, but I wanted to do it to be able to like talk to you guys about this. I want you to go to, to Instagram just because this is literally the only app where I know that they provide this. And I want you to go to your profile, okay? And I want you to go to the three, the hamburger symbol. (laughs) That's what we professionally call it in the tech industry. That's in the top right corner of your phone. You're gonna click on that and you're gonna click on your activity. And it's going to show you, if you click on the time spent tab that appears, how much time on a daily average you spent this past week on Instagram. So I was scared to look at this because I really do not want to be on social media all day long. I know that as many ways I see social media is good. I know it's not good for my mental health. And I decided to look and I was scared, but but I'm actually pretty happy with myself. It's only 48 minutes a day, which all throughout the day, I pick up my phone and randomly scroll. And so I don't think it's that bad, but it is interesting. Like that's 48 minutes out of my day. And that doesn't include this other social media platforms. So the average that they're saying where people are spending on average about two hours every day, I probably, if you combine all of the platforms, I am one of those people that fall into that statistic. And look at your you know, social media and see what yours is. You don't have to share it on a podcast like I'm doing right now, but <laughs> look at it and just see how much time you're spending on it. Now I want you to think about what is your overall feeling when you're on social media, and how are you letting it impact your mood and your mental health? 
because this is where we are really dropping the ball and there's that disconnect is that we're not using social media for all the benefits of social media and we're allowing it to negatively affect us. It's our choice and the way that we consume it. Okay, I'm starting to feel myself get heated, but I'm getting freaking pumped. Okay, so let's go into it. So here's the thing. I don't know about you guys. I hate and I remove people on social media not all the time, but the ones that really bother me who are just posting like triggering things or they're doing things to just get a rise out of people. And it's not just like, just fun. Like, I don't want to see your political opinion on Facebook. I really don't. I'm sorry. It's true. But if you, if you want to post it, fine, but I'm just not going to engage in that. And I don't choose to share that either because I'm not willing to get into the discussions or arguments that could evolve from that. Some people might enjoy that. I want to point out something, though, that if you are this person, you know, somebody who's doing this, I think this is really interesting thing that I found that not a lot of people realize. So I think a lot of people are using social media as a stress reliever, right? You are so pissed about what's happening in politics right now. You get on Facebook, Instagram, you get on your video, you get on TikTok, whatever, and you just start rambling away at what it is that you feel about this current situation. Or you write about something so aggravating that happened at a recent restaurant or whatever. And you're using this as a way to relieve your stress. I got I just have to get out there how I'm feeling about this. I need to bitch, complain, and just let go of all these feelings inside of me, right? And you think it's a stress reliever. It's not. You are actually doing the exact opposite of relieving your stress. Instead, you're actually extending the period of stress that you're going to have and you're giving more power to it to let it thrive and impact you throughout the day. Because it's not simply that you just put your opinion out there, you press submit and wow, five minutes of relieving that stress and I just feel so much better. No, for the rest of the day, the rest of the week, maybe, who knows, even maybe even the month, depending on how much traction this is getting, you are checking responses, the engagement, you're in going into continuous conversations with people debating or somebody's supporting you and they're giving you that validation that what you're saying, they freaking get and they agree with. Instead of us releasing this, we're allowing this to contribute to it. We're letting people know that we're right and we're seeing the assholes who don't agree with us. Well, they're, they're not assholes, but you might think they are. <laughs> but you're allowing it to thrive and you're allowing it to really impact your mental health. I mean, if we don't even look at, at stress, let's look at anxiety, right? Let's look at how anxiety is playing into this too. So I looked at this from um, a study published. This was also from the BBC. They found that in the journal Computers and Human Behavior, they found that people who report using seven or more social media platforms were more than three times as likely as people using zero to two platforms to have high levels of general anxiety symptoms. Right now, we are living in a world where mental health is is more popular than ever. And I hate saying popular because I don't want to be like, oh, cool. It's like this like trendy, popular thing. No, there's a lot of people suffering and dealing with heavy shit right now. And look at that, that the more platforms you are using, you're three times as likely to have that generalized anxiety disorder. And there's so many ways that this is like hurting our mental health, whether it be that you're letting it trigger you and you're seeing things that upset you and cause anxiety, or you're seeing people where you think it's giving you, you know, that inspiration, motivation, but in reality, it's making you feel like shit, doubt yourself and question your life and whether you're living in purpose. You know, all that is playing into your mental health. So it's so important that you think of how you're going to be, you know, doing this. And so I started thinking about it because I was like, 
yeah, like I think I have a good relationship with social media. Like I think that I only follow people who are inspirational, but then I thought about accounts and I'm not going to say what I don't agree with because I don't need that to make y'all feel a certain way about me. (laughs) But I was was thinking about accounts who post stuff that I really don't agree with and their shit pisses me off and I still have not hit unfollow on them. You guys totally have somebody the same way where their content or what they post, it makes you cringe so much. And maybe you even like laugh about it with your friends or you talk about it somewhere. And even though it pisses you off, you don't agree with it. It's not helping you in any way. You can't help but kind of enjoy like this misery you're putting yourself through. Like sometimes we like to see the shit that we don't like, like it's entertaining in a way. And so I wanted to look into this because I'm like, why do we do this? Like if I don't agree with this person who's posting about yada, 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 why am I not getting them out of my life? So of course, what I do, I research because I don't know shit about social media and I'm not a mental health expert. So I went online, decided to do some research. So this was an article from Courtney Whiter at Buffer and MozCon. They were talking all about social media, our mental health, and why we're reacting this way. So dopamine, right? Everybody's thinking it's like that that happy feeling. That's what it's most known for that we all talk about. But dopamine and a lot of more recent studies has proven to be the want feeling. So it's not just the happiness feeling we have, but it's that feeling of want. It's that feeling of us needing more, getting excited, wanting what this person has, or, or wanting to know the answer. And it's stimulated by unpredictability, small bits of information, and reward cues. Um, so anyway, what's happening is like you kind of enjoy the unpredictability. You kind of enjoy seeing something that that is is making you question like, hmm, that's like not how I feel about that. It's something that's making you feel like you need to further validate how you feel about a certain situation. Um, the other thing that they said was oxytocin levels can rise as much as 13% with somebody who puts out a post and they get that like, they get that engagement, right? They see all those views go up. That can go up to much as 13%, a hormonal spike equivalent to some people on their wedding day. That hormonal spike is like the same. Somebody who's getting the satisfaction of being recognized on social media is feeling that way. Oh my gosh. And you know what's crazy too is like 30 to 40% of all speech is people talking about themselves and that number jumps to 80% on social media. These were all such interesting like things that I was, you know, seeing on here and I just felt like the reason that we kind of love seeing maybe those, those things that bother us is in a way like we we like feeling that excitement and that bit of like controversy like nobody watches reality tv and hopes that the couple works out perfectly right it's so fun when like in Vanderpump Rules when I don't know like somebody's going through shit like like you know what I, I don't know like I know it's like messed up but I think that's the truth and I think that's why we do do look at it but also seeing people post things that we don't like, it like wants, it makes us want to voice our opinions more. And I think that's where a lot of this cancel culture is coming to play that's bothering me. But before I get into that, I want to like pause and let us just digest and take in all the feelings about what we just heard. Okay. Because it's a lot right there. Anxieties, stresses, the dopamine that occurs and the amount of time we spend on social media. Now, I personally think that we definitely need to be very careful and aware of how we take in social media because with all those statistics that I just showed you, it just proves how important and valuable your time is and how your time is spent. So I'm a big advocate for if I see something that's triggering, I unfollow it or block it. 
some accounts, even if I don't agree with them, I still like to have on my page, like I said, but other ones, I, I have to remove it from my life. And I hope everybody on here does the same. Like you do not need to cloud your day with negativity or things that bring you down. Start to fill your feed with people who inspire you and make you want to be better because that's impacting your perception of the world and your motivation. If you see people bitching, complaining, it's just like in your friend circle. If you're with friends who just bitch and complain all the time, you're not going to want to up level and get to that next place. You're going to continue to cycle through this negative, negative space. And it's the same thing with social media. If you want to be inspired, you want to feel good, you want to be motivated for the day, then find people who do that for you. And social media is very specific on how it feeds people the content they're consuming. So like I might have a friend who loves engaging in political shit. So their whole TikTok is going to be Trump and Biden all the way down. I don't engage in that shit. So what does TikTok do? Doesn't show me any of that. It's the same exact thing with Instagram. These apps see what you take time on. When you stop and you watch a video, the app goes, huh, they stayed there for five seconds. They seem to enjoy this. Oh, they, they hearted it. They commented on it. They really enjoyed this. Let's keep pushing that to them. This is how social media works. So you truly are creating your social media experience, which I don't think people realize. You are creating what's being filtered out to you. It's the algorithm. It's how they are choosing what content they push to people. And it's all based on how you decide to consume social media. It is a choice. You don't want to see any more political shit. You don't want to see any more religious stuff. I mean, whatever it may be, you don't want to see any more uh, fitness stuff or you don't want to see any more body positivity stuff. I don't care. You have to stop engaging in it then because you're, you need to tell the app what you don't like. And some apps let you say, show me fewer posts like this. And that's a great way to really filter it out. But other ones like TikTok, I don't even think you can do that. So you just have to scroll and choose where you spend your time. And that's how it's going to reward you and give you what you need. And I think what's happening is there are people who are not doing that. And so what's happening to them is they're letting that get them so built up where they are this cancel culture community. Let me put in a quick uh, disclaimer here that cancel culture is a tough subject because I totally agree with people standing up for what you believe in. We all have our voice and we could use it how we choose to. And we're allowed to put our opinions out there. We all are. So if you don't agree with something, it's totally fine if you want to engage and do that. But I just would argue like, how is that benefiting you? Like, yeah, this person is an asshole you don't agree with. This person said something that really got you upset. Are you actually going to change their mind? Is it actually going to make you feel better to do this? Or are you now engaging in a negative cycle that for the next week, you're going to be getting notifications of other people commenting, going against you, or you having to defend yourself? How is that helping your life? I don't know. Some people may not agree with me, but this is seriously how I feel. Like I won't engage in that because it's not, I value my time. I value my mental health. If you're not contributing to either of those, my time or mental health, bye, not doing it. I mean, I mean, seriously. And so I think there's so many people who really feel the need to voice their opinions. And if you want to, fine. But, you know, if it's not helping you, then I think you really need to sit back and think like why you would be doing that. The other thing, too, is like I think that we do find reward when we stand up for ourselves or stand up to situations that are controversial in this world. And we're seeing this all over social media. 
What is the most trending videos right now on TikTok and Instagram? Unpopular opinion. I just did an unpopular opinion video. It literally got the most views that I've gotten in a long time. I wanted to test it out. And it was an opinion that I felt the need to defend myself on. And I want to put out there. And I felt okay where I said, you know what? I'm not engaging with people who don't agree with me. I'm not going to let this negatively impact me. And I feel like it could help somebody. So I want to put it out there, right? I went through a couple of questions to make sure it was good for me. But for other people, you know, unpopular opinion, they put it out there. And what we're doing is like we build these armies and and I want to say like armies because it's like it's crazy like the defense and communities that we get to 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 rally with us on these and and that's a beautiful part of social media's community but people post unpopular opinions and they get that dopamine where they get all these people commenting like yes finally somebody had to say it thank you following you love this speak the truth blah 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 and then you have all the people coming at them this is so offensive. This is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And I I think what bothers me most is like everyone has a right to their opinion. If I want to post how I'm sweating for the wedding, I don't need somebody coming onto my page telling me that I'm a fucking toxic person. Sorry for dropping the F-bomb, but it really pisses me off. Why do you care? And actually, why do I care that you care? I should not even give a shit if you comment on to my post and say like that I'm being toxic. I shouldn't because I know I'm not being toxic. But for all of us, right, if we feel like we should be respected to post our opinions, to put whatever we want out there, then everybody else really should be allowed to do the same, whether we agree with it or not. And I know it sucks. And I know that could be promoting toxicity. It could get to somebody where it can negatively affect them. But like I said before, we choose our experience. So if I don't choose to engage with those people, it's not going to negatively impact me. So I don't really care. This cancel culture is ridiculous. And we are so sensitive when somebody's doing something different than us instead of agreeing that that's them, their life, how it makes them happy in their opinion. And this is my life, what makes me happy and my opinion. End of story. I don't need to be friends with everybody. I don't need everybody to like me. I just need to do what's right for me. And all of my messaging is for me to help somebody out there who's struggling with the same thing. Oh my gosh, I'm getting heated over this. You know, just really bothers me. And I, and I look at this with so much shit. I feel like we're getting soft and offended on so many levels. Like if you look at The Office, perfect example of a show that if it was now, freaking cancel culture would be all over it. The jokes they were able to do, freaking hysterical. I loved it. Now it would be so offensive and you'd never be able to do that on any show because people cannot just accept some of the humor and things. And, and I get it that there's some things that are tired and old and we cannot joke about these things anymore because of how wrong they are. But in other ways, there are things that can be so, oh, it's like fucking relax. Sorry, I got to stop dropping the F-bomb. My mom's going to be so disappointed. <laughs> but that's just, it's just really how I feel. And I'm just so tired of it. I'm tired of especially somebody in the fitness industry seeing like, people getting bashed for promoting what we consider to be a healthy lifestyle and what science considers to be a healthy lifestyle. Okay. I'm going to stop because I could get really into this and I'm not going to, but yeah, I think that we all need to really just start 
choosing how we absorb social media. And that was one of the questions I got from you guys is somebody asked, how can we cancel cancel culture? Like, don't don't get into it. Like choose how you absorb your social media and and do that. And I need to be better at this as well. And I also need to be better at not allowing the negative comments to get to me because I'd be lying if I said they didn't. Right. I'd be lying, too, if I said the positive comments don't get to me. Like, I'm going to be so honest with you guys. It feels amazing when I see that one of my TikTok videos got over two million views. True story. That was like the highlight of, you know, my day never happened again, (laughs) but it's okay. But that feels good. That bit of like, I don't know, attention. I want to say fame, but I feel like that's dramatic, but it's true. Like we like that. We like that recognition, but we also take the negative comments sometimes to heart so badly where you could get a million good comments and people who connect with you and you get one person that's against you. So how do we cancel the cancel culture is we find our community and that's who we vibe with. We continue to feed our social media with that that's going to support us. We continue to put out there what we believe in and what we want and we don't engage in the negativity. Now granted, I want everybody to be open to others' opinions for sure, I think it's great to be open-minded and not be stubborn and sometimes realize when you are wrong, but like choose those conversations wisely and just let people live their damn freaking life. I just, I got to talk about the sweating for the wedding thing one more time because I don't think people understand how wrong this could be interpreted, but also the ways that I could see it being right. And I want to use this as an example because I don't know if I'm really making my point. Sometimes I get heated and I just blabble, blabble, blabble. But sweating for the wedding is something that's very negatively being looked at on social media right now. And it's very trending for people to post videos of why it's something that's toxic, which I think that's another reason that we have this cancel culture is people are just posting to be a part of the unpopular opinions. I'll get into that after this because that's the point I want to make. But anyway, there are people who are posting everywhere. I've listened to several podcast episodes of people explaining their point of why sweating for the wedding is a term that we need to cancel, cancel culture. Cancel me, damn it. Cancel me now because I'm sweating for the wedding and I don't give a shit. Here's why. Okay, let me, t- let me tell you why they want to cancel it because I actually do understand this to an extent. A lot of people feel that this is implying that the woman that was just proposed to and asked to spend the rest of their life with this person does not look good enough for the day of. They're not like they're not earning that day yet, right? They have to improve themselves because where they are right now isn't good enough. That's a stretch in my opinion. I don't think anybody's putting that on you. There's a lot of pressure on brides, but that's not what that's saying at all. But I do see that. Um, I also see it where people have said that it promotes um, diet culture of unhealthy eating habits, where people are restricting themselves too much, exerting too much energy during their exercises, where they can put themselves through, you know, um, uh, what do you call stress on their bodies, or they could get injuries, things like that, just unhealthy habits to achieve this goal for a day and puts more pressure on the bride than all the pressures out there. Okay, I get that. And for people who struggle with eating disorders, they struggle with body dysmorphia and things like that. I understand how this could be hard for them. But those people then can take me off of their damn page. You don't want to see it. And if I'm a trigger for you by posting that, then then remove me from your feed, right? But I don't agree with you. 
my view on sweating for the wedding is that it's an event that I have to be motivated for. This is a new way to challenge myself. And by being in the best physical shape of my life, being the healthiest I can be, what does that allow me to do? It allows me to further remove the anxieties and stresses I'll be experiencing. And it allows me to further be present in that moment, feeling confident in myself and in my skin. That's how I feel about it. And I know that I can achieve this goal by being healthy with it, having healthy eating habits, working out in a way that is good for my body and doing things that support my mental health the entire way through. So sweating for the wedding is bullshit. I don't, I don't think it's negative. Sweating for the wedding is, can be a positive term depending on how you look at it. I don't knock anybody who's like, if you guys don't, like if those are your reasons and it can't be in your life, fine, but it can be in mine the way that I'm doing it. So don't cancel me, damn it. (laughs) Or cancel me, who the frick cares? But anyway, so the other point I just want to make quickly, because I feel like I've just been ranting up a storm and I'm ready for a glass of wine. Um, you know, I, I, I also think that people just want to find something new to say to get attention. I kind of want to use mental health as the example, and I'll come full circle on why. So mental health is a trending topic right now, right? Mental health advocates, mental health advocacy, all of the education that's going out there, the awareness that's happening. There are some people who have true good intentions, okay, of putting that out there. I did not share my mental health journey to go viral. Like that TikTok viral was like literally me doing my curly hair. (laughs) No, but seriously, that wasn't my intention. My intention was to help the people that I knew were struggling with anxiety during the pandemic. And I needed it to be my creative outlet. I needed to inspire me and inspire the others who are struggling. I didn't do it for vanity. However, there are people out there on social media who that is their intention. Mental health is a hot topic. They think they'll get attention and it's going to be something that can, I don't know, pull on the heartstrings of people to get them more likes and followers. It's so freaking shitty. And What sucks about this is like people are using this as a way to get attention where people, I don't even know if you really care about mental health or you just know it's a hot topic to talk about, but some people do it and they do this with other topics because they know it's going to get them the, the likes and the attention. But what's so shitty about this is for people like myself or others who genuinely are showing up because this is how they want to help and have an impact on the world, it can put on the perception that we might be one of those fake people too. And that's what's such a shame is like... I don't always think that people are authentically showing up and voicing their opinions on the things that matter. I think they're just seeing the hot buzz topics that they want to be a part of and get the attention for. It's, it's, it's a shame. It really, and I see this a lot where people are like just seeing what an influencer got popular with or what's trending and they, they post those videos and they're just like regurgitating what they heard, but it's like their heart isn't behind it. It's just, everybody's so freaking hungry to get those likes and that attention. It sucks. But 
you know, I, I don't want to act like that's not what everyone's doing. I think it's just the intention behind it. Like I absolutely have used trending real sounds and I talk about a lot of important topics with mental health, but I do a lot of the trends to help raise the awareness. So yeah, am I doing things to help it get to more people? Yes, but there's an intention behind it of why I'm doing that. And I just don't think the intention's always there for everybody because I think people are searching for clout. You know, if anybody, I honestly, I didn't know what that word was for a long time. So if anybody doesn't know, it's like that popularity, right? Everybody's racing to be viral, especially our generation where you see all these people who are literally just getting paid to be posting. There's a lot of people who are coming on now to just go for that goal and there, there aren't good intentions. So I think you have to be careful about who you're consuming and, and be careful about what you're putting out there and know your expectations. Like this was something I think we did touch on in Brittany's episode, but like, why are you on social media? Let's come back to that question I asked you earlier. What is your intention there to grow a business, to connect with family and friends, just use it as like your fun way to show up? Like, what is it going to be for you? And like, choose how you want to show up and always be confident in what you put out there. Like never put out something where you're going to be searching for validation in the feed later on, right? Like if you have a video you want to put out or a picture, don't continuously be refreshing your page, looking for those likes and those views to wait for somebody to prove to you, yes, this was a good post. No, you should feel good about anything you put out there and whoever sees it, sees it and who it needs to get to, it gets to and that's it. I also think it's important that you set your expectations, right? I think it's good to know what do you want out of social media and and to know what's going to be good for you. Like I have to sometimes remind myself that if a video or something doesn't take off that I want to reach so many people that, hey, it reached 100 people and 100 people hopefully got a message they need to hear today. So again, it's just coming back to that intention piece. And I think we just have to be very, very careful of that. Last bit. I, I don't know if I said last bit like a million times now. I'm like so out of it. I need to go like chug a water and get a Celsius because I'm like, like out of it right now. But anyway, I also want to share a final tip about how we can reduce our screen time and social media intake because say I've gone through all these tips and you feel like I'm still negatively being impacted by this, but I don't want to give it up, which first of all, you absolutely can give up social media just because it's something that's very big in our lives right now. It's not the only way to stay connected with people or the only way for you to like be a part of this world. You don't have to have Instagram. You don't have to have TikTok. You don't even have to have a cell phone if you didn't want to. Like seriously, you don't have to do any of those things. So I want you to think about like what's going to help your mental health and how social media has to be there. And if you are somebody who you need to reduce that screen time. We've got a couple of tips for you here. So get ready, everybody. Okay, so our phones now are helping us to track our social media usage time and screen time in general, actually. So if you just go to the screen time on your phone and it'll tell you, oh gosh, let's look at this together. I'm like really scared. I actually didn't look at this. I just looked at the Instagram screen time. So let's see. Oh my God, I'm so scared. Get a weekly. Oh, I don't have it on. I did I turn it off? Was I annoyed? This is my iPhone. Oh, it asked me if my child. <laughs> did anybody know this? Okay. Um, so I don't have any any info because I just turned it on. But everybody <laughs> go look that up and turn it on. But you also can like choose to, you know, have it tell you like when you want to be notified that you've had too much screen time and you actually could be more aware of how much screen time you're contributing. But you also can do that for apps too. So 
I personally turn off all notifications for my social media apps. I don't want to be overwhelmed with them. I don't want to be constantly looking at my phone, seeing the likes, the comments, and everything come up. I'd rather just open the app later and catch up so that it's not consuming me all day long, you know? But if you go into the apps, like you can do this on both TikTok and Instagram, you can have it set breaks for you where it can tell you like, hey, you're coming up on this time. It's time for you to take a break or it can actually lock the app where you have to use a passcode to get back into it to go beyond the screen time that you've set for yourself. So there's a lot of ways that the apps can help you to reduce that if you're finding that it's too hard on your own to just manage and reduce the screen time that you have. Um, Other things too would just be, you know, limiting the checks throughout the day, which of course would help without the notifications, but actively choosing like when you could put your phone down and when to return to it. Like I, you know, sometimes I do this with reading or with work. I'll set a timer on my phone and put it screen down so it doesn't distract me. And I think that's something that can help a lot of people too. Um, What else? Oh, and obviously like everybody says, you know, don't bring it to bed, but (laughs) I think everybody does, but that's another way to keep it out of your life. So I hope today's episode was helpful. I know that I went through a lot of statistics, maybe some things that were a little concerning, but hopefully it was helpful. And I hope that my rant was not just a rant, but you could relate to it and, and see my side. So you guys, any questions on today's episode or anything that you want me to further discuss in further episodes whether it's social media, my life, anxiety, mental health, anything. I really enjoy doing the research and coming on here and speaking with all of you. It's so much fun. So let me know. And then I just have a quote for you guys because like, you know, we do a quote every single week. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I forgot to answer one journey or question. I have it on my computer. I'm sorry. I have one more. I'm so sorry, listener. I didn't forget about you. I just scroll on social media now because I don't feel like sharing or being judged or even dealing with this crap. Well, actually, it wasn't a question. They just wrote <laughs> just that. And that's fine. If you just want to scroll and you don't want to post, that's fine. But like, also, I think that just goes back into everything I said earlier. Like, just choose who you're letting consume your feed and whose feed you're consuming, right? Because then you shouldn't have to worry about what you're posting. Hope that helps. Anyway, I'm sorry. All right. Quote for today. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Your life is a result of the choices you make. If you don't like your life, it is time to start making better choices. What quote could be more perfect for today? It's so true. Your life is a result of your choices. Your daily mental health is a result of your choices. Do you take action and get help, change your habits, change your lifestyle, or do you sit there and allow it to continuously negatively affect you? If you're not liking your life right now, if you're feeling like you need to make a change, make a damn change and start making better choices. All right, you guys. So I am feeling great. I'm feeling inspired. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. And I will see you next week for an episode with my good friend, Anna. She is a psychologist and she is talking to me all about being a confident badass. And she was just so much fun to interview. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that. But until then, always, 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 always remember Through every high, every low, every positive, every negative, every up, every down, whatever it may be, always remember, you got this.